welcome to Disciple Making Mama, a podcast to encourage, inspire, and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world. Hello and welcome back to Disciple Making Mama. We are in the middle of looking at evangelism, at how we can help people be born again. And we've we've been looking at this for a while, as you know, um, looking at the gospel, how did they share the gospel in the New Testament, and then also looking very specifically at the response. What response to the gospel did the first christian christians deem necessary to confidently say this person has now become a christian and it's been a fascinating journey um, we've looked at different passages and acts just seeing what is going on there we will continue doing that but already we've seen that there there seems to be a pattern when it comes to the response to the gospel that is required for people to become Christians. And this pattern seems to um, contain four steps that are usually pretty much in this order, but there are also exceptions. But we, we've seen that when one of those steps did not happen in the book of Acts, the first Christians thought, oh, that's that's not sufficient. Let's help this person take that step as well. So those four steps were to repent towards God, to say, I've been living my own way. I've not been living the way I've, I was created by you. So very much a turning to God, but then also a very practical turning to God's ways and really turning your life upside down, changing things um, paying back what you had stolen, for example, and just very practically turning your life around and starting to live the way that God wants you to live. Another important step in coming to faith is to put your faith in Jesus, to actually believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he's who the apostles and the other Christians said he is the son of God, the savior of the world, who can take away our sin, who died for us on the cross, who rose again. And yeah, just putting our faith in Jesus. Then we see that when people became Christians in the New Testament, they got baptized. And we see that the first Christians found it very crucial that whoever started life as a follower of Jesus, was also specifically filled with the Holy Spirit. So I told you that we will be looking at those four points together, and we already looked at repentance quite a while ago. And today I again have a very lovely guest, my husband Hanu. Hello everyone. And we'll be looking at faith. What does it mean to have faith in Jesus? This one is is probably the one that has 
become most normal in our vocabulary when we speak about somebody becoming a Christian. We would say that person has come to faith or um, they now believe in Jesus. But this one is also the most vague of those four steps. So it's it's easy to say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, I sometimes it's not easy to say, obviously, but yeah. But what does it actually mean? That is what we're going to look at today. <laughs> so we quickly had to actually pause the podcast because we were getting very silly and laughing about ourselves as we're speaking about this serious topic. But we are going to speak about faith today. Yeah, so faith in Jesus I think is, as you said before, it's so foundational that for many people and many uh, guides or books on evangelism that I've read or becoming a follower of Jesus, uh, whatever you want to call it, would list that as perhaps the only requirement is believe in Jesus, mm. have faith in Jesus. And I think this is so commonly accepted that to be a Christian is to have faith in Jesus, uh, at least in evangelical Christians, for evangelical Christians, that it almost seems strange to even talk about it or have a, an entire session about it. And yet I think having lived in an unreached country like Japan for almost five years now, we've we've seen the the trickiness of just a very vague definition of just believe in Jesus because often we would for example see oh people are are quite happy to believe in Jesus but they're happy to believe in Jesus on top of many other things or they're mm. they're not ready to repent for example or to be baptized or yeah 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 I think uh, both of us coming from countries where there's a large uh, Christian culture as well we would know of many people who may have been you know, christened as babies mm. and so they would tick Christianity or believe in Jesus on a census form or if somebody asks them, so what's your religion? Oh, Christian. But does that mean they have faith in Jesus? Is that faith real? How do we quantify faith? Mm. I think that was for me a big, big question when I grew up because from a young age, my parents taught me to have faith in Jesus. And we read the Bible. Of course, we, we follow Jesus, but... For a while, I, well, as I as I was growing up, early teenager stage, I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, what what is this faith, and how do I know I have enough? If this mm -hmm. is what we are measured by, if this is what's going to give me my salvation, how do I know I have enough faith? When do I know I have faith, or I don't have faith? Mm -hmm. And so, then, is it is it bad? Am I a bad Christian if I have doubts? If I have questions? Because exactly, exactly. I, yeah, then am I losing my faith yes. if I actually just question things as I'm growing yeah, up? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so for some people that can be such a big crisis because as they're asking very real questions of Jesus, actually growing in faith by tasting their faith or mm -hmm. their faith being tasted from outside, they can actually feel guilty and, and feel like it has the opposite effect than what God is intending. Um, so I think it's actually very important that we, we talk about this. So you mentioned it's number two in the list of four things. 
but it is the one that underpins the others as well. I mean, if you don't believe in Jesus, why would you repent? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't believe in Jesus, why would you ask for the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why would you be baptized? So it is, in a sense, the one that's underpinning the others, and yet it is also something that stands alone. So, yeah, if we look at the Bible, the book of Hebrews is something we'll look at quite a bit today. In the book of Acts, we see a lot of practical things, but Hebrews gets digs a bit more into what is faith. So in Hebrews 6, faith in God is listed as the second elementary Christian doctrine. Let me read for us Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Okay, so the second one there, faith towards God. Maybe we just... I, I think we spoke about this as well when we spoke about repentance, but just to, to put this passage in, in context, of course, the writer to the Hebrews is not saying Christianity should kind of move on from, from these things. But as we grow in Jesus, those things should just become so normal, so foundational that we don't have to keep being taught about them. Exactly. Right. So he's, exactly. he's not saying, yeah. oh, let's move on. We've, we, we don't need that yeah. anymore. But, yeah, that should just become so normal to us, like walking and eating and um, going to the bathroom for a child, that you don't have to constantly be reminded of that. It's yeah. spiritual milk mm -hmm. that's for, for babies yeah. in the faith, but then you grow up out of it. doesn't mean something is wrong with the milk. Yeah. It was wonderful. Mm. Okay, so furthermore, in... Hebrews 11 verse 6, the author to the Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, that somebody who, who wants to draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. So faith really is foundational to, um, the, to following Jesus. Now in this book of, he of Hebrews, uh, there's a very famous chapter, uh, chapter 11, which is all about faith. And I think uh, many, most of the people listening to this would be very aware of Hebrews 11. So I won't read the entire chapter. You're welcome to go and do that. But it's all about faith, that all these heroes of faith um, from God having made everything through Abel, who brought a good offering, Enoch, uh, Noah, Abraham, all these heroes of faith. And they're all in this chapter because they, they had faith in God and they did something to show that they had this faith. Hmm. Okay, they were, at the end, he says, these were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. Of course, what he's referring to is that they did not receive the promise which culminated in Jesus coming, in the kingdom of God 
being inaugurated here on earth. And even for us, we are still looking forward to something coming, uh, but we have seen certainly a lot more than what they were able to see. So faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. So it, it has those that tension, right? This this confidence mm. in what we hope for. Yeah. That, that <laughs> assurance of what is not seen. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those seeming paradoxes that mm. that are so frequent in the New Testament that is good to to wrestle with. And so really to faith is how we phrase it and also what the author to the Hebrews uh, phrases it as, but often in the book of Acts, they say believe in Jesus. So they love to use the verb form. Mm. And I think that's also good for us that, yeah, we can talk about faith as a, as a concept, but it's good when we, when we evangelize to use the verb form, believe mm. in Jesus, not just have faith, which sort of sounds passive, right? It's have mm. faith. It's just something you possess, yeah. whereas believe in Jesus is a verb it's something you do it's some there's some action involved yeah so to believe is really to trust and from the very start faith in god or believing god was really foundational even before sin came in because adam and eve before they sinned the first problem was they didn't believe God. They chose to believe the serpent. They chose to believe what he said to them and not what God had said. God had said, if you eat of this tree, dying, you will die. You will. This is not a good thing. And yet, if they truly believed God, they would have not sinned. So that was at the root of their sin, of the first sin. And it has been a, a problem ever since, a lack of faith. But then the remedy, on the other hand, is believing. Mm -hmm. And it's already interesting how you're, how you're saying that all those people who are mentioned in Hebrews 11 are commended for their faith that showed itself in an action, not only a, a theoretical faith in yeah. the existence of God or in um, the credibility of of the holy scriptures or so and then yes. also adam and eve i mean if if anybody believed in the existence of god yeah. it would have been then they were walking yeah. with god they were talking with him they were hearing his voice they I, i mean obviously they believed in the existence of god but they didn't believe god they didn't put their trust in what he said they didn't believe that his character was trustworthy and yes. that was the root of their sin and i think that's also very very good as we think about evangelism when we when we challenge people to believe in jesus that we're not only saying believe that jesus exists or believe that god exists because many people would say oh but i also believe in god mm. so so what's what's the difference what's your yeah. problem yeah but to to show believing in Jesus, having faith in God is a very specific 
action or our very specific actions in reaction to a very specific God who says very specific things. Yes, yes. Yeah. And something you mentioned there uh, that's perhaps good to touch on mm. is we've talked about faith in God and then believe in Jesus. Mm. So why the difference? Many people say, oh, but when we evangelize, let's just talk about Jesus to make sure people we, people get it, you know, mm. because, oh, if we talk about God, then the Muslims agree with us and we, we sort of get frustrated or you know, we get all into arguments with people or their understanding of God and our understanding of God. And so let's just focus on Jesus. And there's a, an element of truth to that because that's also what the, the people in Acts did. They said, believe in Jesus. Mm. It wasn't just faith in God. It was believe in Jesus. But all these people who were commended in the book of Hebrews in this chapter mm. 11, nobody knew that Jesus would come, that his name would be Jesus. Mm. They, they knew God would make a plan. They had mm -hmm. faith that God would, would accomplish their salvation, that God would bring about uh, um, something. None of them knew exactly what was coming, mm -hmm. but they had faith in God. That was acceptable to God. But that same God sent his son Jesus, of course, who is also God. Mm -hmm. So believing in Jesus is not contradictory to faith in God. Mm -hmm. But of course, generally, these people are focusing on God the Father. And so the, the difference is now that, that God the Father has sent the son Jesus and he is the one who died, was buried and who rose again. In fact, the New Testament says that God, the Father, God raised Jesus from the dead. And so he was intimately involved, but yet our faith is in the one who took our sins on mm -hmm. the cross. And so that's why there has to be that distinction, because many people might say, oh, but I believe in God as well. Mm -hmm. But really our focus of our faith is, yes, absolutely in God. But that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and to, to be buried and to be raised up and who is seated at the moment at the right hand of God the Father and who is Lord and is coming to judge. And so all those roles are with Jesus. And so he, it's only through his blood that we can be free. And that's why our, our faith, our belief, believing is so focused on the person of Jesus. So let's try and make it a little bit practical, shall yeah. I say? Because as as we said, it it's a it can be confusing personally, confusing to have enough faith, and it can be confusing even as we evangelize people because we obviously it's not our our job to to judge them. But how do we know? Did someone come to faith? <laughs> you know. So yeah. how? Yeah. How can we get a bit more of a grip on believing, yeah. having faith? Yeah, I think to those of you listening, this is, you can even tell from our conversation, we, it's like we're talking a little bit around faith. It's, you can't just say, here it is, mm. and you, you just grab it. It's, it's not like soap that just, you know, spills out of your hand, but it, it isn't hard, it isn't easy to, to just say, well, here are the lines, this is our nice definition. Mm -hmm. But I think it's 
this is what we also see in the Bible, that it's it's described more than defined. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we've been trying to describe it. But yes, let's try to define it a little bit. So breaking it down into simpler aspects. And um, let's start by looking at historical faith. Okay, so part one of, uh, so we'll, we'll have five parts. Mm -hmm. Part one is historical. Okay, so this is a means that our faith is not based on feelings. It's not based on, oh, last week I just had this amazing feeling, Jesus must be real. Ultimately, it's based, not that those things are inherently wrong, mm -hmm. hear me right, but our faith is built on historical facts, things that happened in the past that even God cannot change. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to the earth, he lived, he died, he did miracles. This Jesus really lived. And the amazing thing is that so many people who have set out, seriously set out to disprove that Jesus lived or that he died or that he rose again, especially because really the resurrection is the, the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Resurrection is everything in a sense because many other people died on a cross during mm -hmm. that time. Um, the Romans put many criminals on crosses. So it's not so unique that Jesus died on the cross. What is unique is that he was raised from the dead and that he's still alive. And that is historical. And two people that I can mention immediately are um, Josh McDowell and Lee Strobel, both had uh, an impact in me growing in my faith in the historical Jesus mm -hmm. because both of them set out to disprove various things about the resurrection or a real Jesus and both of them had to wrote books in the end saying this is true Jesus really lived died the, the, uh, was raised from the dead the testimony about him in the Bible is true and I think we, we see that this historical faith in, in those key points of Jesus lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again especially, were very much attacked right from the beginning. Even the, the Romans said immediately, just, just claimed that the um, disciples stole the body, that they, they didn't even want to allow that, that truth to, yes. to spread. And I think... Ever since, of course, that has been attacked, that has been doubted. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense because how many people do you know who who were raised from the dead and then didn't die again? And because this historical faith was so much under attack ever since Christianity exists, I think we can we can become almost afraid of um, engaging with more critical voices about that because we, we, we might be afraid that, oh, but maybe my faith won't stand it. Maybe there's mm. not enough historical fact, actually. So I think, um, I, I know for me in, in the church that I grew up in, there was a, a big sense of, well, let's almost not dig too too deep because we, we might just start doubting mm. 
but not a courage. afraid of what we might find. Exactly, mm. and not a courage to dig deep enough to actually see it is trustworthy. Mm. You know, if, if Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, if we really want that life, we need to trust that he's the truth, mm. and that if we're really going invest, go and investigate, that the truth will bear witness to him. And yeah, it's it's really sad to to hear. I think in the last while, even there's been uh, coverage in the media about uh, prominent Christians, people who were Christians but were professing faith in Jesus, who turned their back on him. And I think a lot of that starts with a doubt about the historical Jesus. I I don't think any of them will say, "Oh yeah, I I still believe Jesus rose from the dead." But I'm just not, yeah, I'm just going to try something else. Mm. I really don't think you will find that they honestly believe that Jesus rose from the dead and turned their back on him. Mm. Um, crazy, because for me, growing up, hearing a lot about Jesus, um, going to church very often, but struggling with this question, what is faith? Mm. Answering this question about history, the historical uh, reliability of the Bible, of Jesus. Did this really happen? This was a major question for me. I, when I went to high school, I suddenly heard all these voices questioning these things, and it was so amazing to find real answers, and, and especially former atheists who came to faith by doing that investigation. So if atheists can go and ask those questions and come out on the other side saying, we believe in Jesus. I want to encourage you, Christians, to do the same. Mm -hmm. Also that we can answer with joy and certainty. Not that you have to become a, you know, do a PhD in the in the res on the resurrection, but that you can say, hey, I know where to where to look, and this and this and this is the truth. And even I recently saw a video where somebody said, here is a way with five things that even atheist or very liberal scholars believe about Jesus and the resurrection that you can show that he really rose from the dead because even the most critical scholars uh, believe those things and so there's just no other way but that Jesus rose from the dead. And I think for many people that might be at the start of believing in Jesus, to grow in their faith in the historical facts about Jesus, about Christianity, about the Bible. Yeah. But it can also very well be along, along the road of being a Christian. And I think also as we're discipling people, it, it should be something that we must be very careful to not hinder people from investigating. Yeah. We can be very protective of the people we want to disciple and think oh no but don't maybe they'll read the wrong thing or this or that but to to have confidence that the truth will stand and to encourage them to really dig deep and yeah. really investigate and and grow in yeah. that aspect of faith exactly and of so, course i mean if we if you're only going to read things that are critical um then I can understand that suddenly you have all kinds of doubts and things. So hear all the sides of, of the argument and, and, and see what really is the truth.
So Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Our faith is built on things that happened at a, in a real place at a real time, in history, in geography, in reality. Mm. Okay, what's another aspect of faith? Yeah, so another aspect of faith is personal. Faith must be personal. You cannot inherit faith. Mm. might sound obvious now, but... You just cannot inherit faith. And you cannot just get it passed on from somebody, although we can influence each other. So we believe in Jesus. This is something that we mentioned before. What does it mean to believe in somebody? Mm. So that's also why it is so personal. Because many people believe something about Jesus. So they mm. might believe that Jesus, that Jesus lived that Jesus did miracles, or that Jesus died, or that Jesus had disciples, or that Jesus had a lot of wisdom. That is not enough for saving faith if you only have some of those things. What is it to believe in Jesus? It's also not just believing that everything the Bible says about him is true. That is important. But what is in Jesus? So believing in him means to trust and obey. If you, maybe again, we'll, I'll illustrate with an example mm. or two. So to believe that a pilot can fly a plane is just that. You believe a fact. You believe that to be a fact. But if you believe in the pilot's ability to fly the plane, you'll be willing to get on the plane and have him fly you high in the air where if you putting your life in the hands of the pilot. You believe in that pilot. Mm. Okay. Does that make sense? The yeah. difference between that and in. Mm -hmm. If you believe... It's a trust that shows itself in an action. Exactly. Mm. If I believe in your ability to manage money, I give you some money to look after. Mm. And so I do not believe in my children in the same way yet. Yeah. I don't give them my money in the same way, not because I think they're evil. But not because you don't <laughs> think they exist. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I believe they exist. I believe the money is there. But I don't believe in them in the same way as you, my wife, at the moment. So if you... And, and life is filled with this kind of faith, actions mm. of faith and belief. If you believe that the, the water is good, you will put your faith in that and take a sip of it mm. and not expect to, to die. Yeah. You believe the testimony of somebody who says, this food is good. Now, of course, those are all with things that, if it doesn't quite work out, there are various levels. You know, with the, the pilot, you might die. With the water, you might get sick. With the money, well, you might just lose a bit. But putting faith in Jesus really is saying, well, all eternity is at stake, and I'm going to put my trust and my obedience 
with Jesus. Mm. I am going to not just my money, not just uh, getting on a plane. I'm going to trust my life to this Lord and Savior, Jesus. So it's really to trust and obey. Mm. And as we said, that that sort of trust cannot be just copied from somebody else. You've got yeah. to grow it in yourself. You've got to learn it. You've got to nurture it. It's also a, a continual thing, right? It's not just exactly. A and so off. we that's mm-hmm. a that's a good point, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that. But moving to the to the third part, mm-hmm. which is verbal. Faith is verbal, and that has two components. The first is that if we have faith in Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, then we need to let it come out of our mouths. We need mm. to say something. It cannot just be faith in your heart. Mm. That's a common expression I hear in among Christians. But even though it starts in the heart and it is also in the mind, it has to be in both parts. I think maybe the historical faith is more in the mind and the personal is more in the heart. Mm. But the verbal has then to come out of the mouth. Romans 10, 8 and 9 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That faith in Jesus needs to be confessed. Mm. Jesus said, if you are... If you're not ready to confess me before men, how how do you expect me to to be in front of of the Father? Yeah. We this is really really important that we are not ashamed of speaking uh, about Jesus in front of people. The second aspect of of verb of, of speaking is then to Jesus. Mm. Of course, if we're if we believe in Jesus, then we will talk to him. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong with your faith in Jesus if you're never speaking to him. If you really believe that he can hear you, if you believe that he's there, that he's alive, that he's Lord of your life, then you will speak to him and listen to him because he is also verbal. He also speaks yeah. and so we also speak. And of course we that you know we call that prayer, mm-hmm. but keeping it simple is just speaking to Jesus. Mm, yeah. Then the fourth aspect is practical. Faith is practical. It doesn't just stay in the heart or in the mind or come out of the mouth, but there's something for the hands as well, mm. something for the feet. The whole book of James seems to be centered around this. It has to be something that, that is done. So James hates a faith that is just, he says, oh, if you can't see it through actions, then it's not there. It's dead. And what does that help you? Because if you just say, well, I believe in my heart. Oh, oh I, I have it all figured out in my mind. It's not enough. Mm. So here's an example. Let's say you built, Anna sitting on a chair. Let's say you built this chair by mm. yourself. Okay, so now I look at that and I'm thinking, well, 
Yeah, I believe in my heart that uh, the chair is well built and it's strong. Okay, well, that that's nice if I, if I say, yeah, in my heart, I, mm -hmm. I, I believe that. But to you, that doesn't yet mean anything, right? Mm -hmm. You don't yeah. know if that's really true. You, you, you can choose to uh, believe that I say, you know, if I now say that's already mm -hmm. better, if it doesn't yeah. just stay in my heart, if I say, oh, I'm a nice chair, looks strong, you know, mm -hmm. looks good. That is better, but... You might even have historical faith in, <laughs> in chairs. Exactly. So, yeah, I can think a lot of things, feel a lot of things, say a lot of things, but when I actually go and sit on the chair, when mm. I jump up and down on it, then you see, ah, okay, Hanu really believes what he says. Mm -hmm. He believes what he, what he said is in his heart, in his mind, what came out of his mouth, is true mm -hmm. because I see it in his actions. Yeah. And it's it's so good to to have all those things together because I think um often when, when there's only one aspect of faith or when one aspect is over empathized, of course things get very lopsided and out of balance. Mm -hmm. And that is then often what the world also criticizes. Oh yeah um you're a hypocrite. You're only talking about your faith, but you're not actually doing what you yeah, say you believe yeah. in. You're actually not portraying the Jesus yes, who you say you believe yes. in. Or um, if if we don't have historical faith, then it's like, oh yeah, Christianity is just some feel-good thing, that some mm -hmm. fairy tale or so. But yeah. to hold all those things together, to also not get overly fixated on one aspect and then of course if we get overly fixated on the on the practical aspect it can become like a, a salvation by works kind exactly. of thing oh i must do this because otherwise i don't have faith no the action flows out of the faith in your exactly, heart in your yeah. mind out of your relationship you're talking with jesus you will then act upon that exactly mm -hmm. and so coming back to the chair, yeah. I said, if I now jump up and down on the chair, then you, the one who made the chair, you know, okay, I had faith in your chair. I am having it. I'm there up, jumping up and down. The amazing thing is then, even for me, that faith that I had in my heart, had in my mind, said something. If I still had a doubt about it myself, it's gone now that mm. I've actually stepped out in faith. And how many times have people found that they... They were sort of childlike in their faith. And then they go on outreach and they share the gospel with somebody. And it feels so much more real to them. That person perhaps didn't even come to faith. Maybe they didn't even want to listen. And yet the person going on out outreach has such a wonderful experience. Why? Because they're actually doing something. Mm. And they're finding that, wow, doing it, working it out, walking it out, means that it, it becomes more real mm. in me. Not that Jesus is more real, but my faith, my experience of him is growing and is more real than it was, stronger than it was. You know, when Abraham was listed in that, uh, among the heroes of faith mm. in Hebrews 11, God said to Abraham, after Abraham, what did, what famous thing did Abraham do 
to act on his faith. He did a number of things in mm. out of faith to God. Mm. But what is one major thing? It's when he, when God said, sacrifice your son, mm. your only son. And Abraham did that in faith, knowing that God would not break his promise, that he would have a long lineage, that, that he would have a nation born out of him, that I think you know, the author to the Hebrews actually says, Abraham believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead. That was how strong Abraham's faith was. And Abraham, I, I don't think Abraham ever saw that. Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't say, oh yeah, because I know God raises people from the dead. Abraham just knew God so well. But after that episode and you know, God saying, you know, don't do it. Mm -hmm. He said, God said to Abraham, now I know. Hmm. Now I know that you have faith. Now I know to what level you trust me. An amazing statement because we we love to throw the, the Greek term God is omnipotent. Hmm. God God is omniscient, you know, God can do anything and he, He's everywhere and He knows everything. And it sounds great, but we don't actually find those terms in the Bible. We see a God who is able to do whatever he wants to do. Mm. And yet a God who says, Abraham, I tested you. Not just that you know, but that I know. Mm. God says, Abraham, now I know. It's mind-boggling in a way. And yet it's, it seems actually also very reasonable mm. that even God who, who knows everything gave Abraham enough freedom to say, Abraham, now I know mm. that you really will obey me. I can trust you. And I it's can trust you to be the a, father of this nation. Yeah, a beautiful motivation to to act out our faith because it's not just oh yeah, God just expects me to to tick all the boxes to to get his to do list done that he gave me. But it's like when when our kids do something and we're genuinely amazed. Wow, you you did that. Not because we 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 don't think they they can but because we're amazed that they would decide to now yeah. be kind or that they would decide to now do something in love or yes. so and on a on a way greater level of course with god but it yeah yeah it's a nice thing exactly mm -hmm. so something you touched on that mm -hmm. i think some people listening will have questions or certainly people that you interact with mm -hmm. mostly christians will have serious questions about this in this faith is practical. Well, mm. How practical is it and how practical does it need to be? I mean by this that people often ask, but doesn't Paul speak out against salvation by works? Mm. Meaning you we can't earn we it. Can't earn it. Mm. You know, it's it's our focus uh, of our faith is in Jesus, on his work on the cross, not on what we do. Mm. And absolutely, that is where our faith needs to be. We cannot earn our faith. Yeah. But what people often miss is in Galatians, especially chapter 3, in Ephesians chapter 2 and elsewhere, Paul contrasts salvation through faith in Jesus with salvation through works of the law. Hmm. He doesn't say that works of faith, shall we call it, hmm. or actions of faith, practical faith, is somehow opposed to faith in real faith in Jesus. Mm. 
it's exactly as James says that real faith has these actions flowing out of it, confirming it and showing that it's alive and actually even making it more alive. The contrast is salvation through the works of the law. For so many of the New Testament Christians who had some background either as Jews or as proselytes, people who were non-Jews who became Jews and then became followers of Jesus, mm -hmm. the Jewish Messiah, their big temptation was always to fall back to the law. Mm -hmm. And especially when persecution came, because Judaism uh, was an accepted religion. So to go to the temple was legal. To follow Jesus was not. And so for them, it was always a temptation to say, but can't I just go to the temple and you know, be a Jew and also have Jesus? Mm. Paul says, be very, very, very careful. You cannot go back to the law that you left to follow Jesus. Even this good law that God gave in the Old Testament is not a law unto salvation. Mm. This is a law that God gave to govern the people. But it is not a law that, that came to save them and then, oh, Jesus was sort of an add-on. It's all focused on Jesus. And I think maybe one way to, to make that practical in our own lives when, when we think, oh, my goodness, am I, am I not going back to works of the law or am I going back to works of, or, or am I walking in works of faith? Yeah. Is, I think, hearing Jesus when he says that, the law and the prophets are summarized in love God and love people, basically. Yeah. And if, and the, the law of, you, you know, the, the law until then was not only that. God didn't just say, Jesus wasn't just um, somehow smarter than everybody else. But, but until then, it was required that the law, every single little rule of it, was required to be kept yeah so if we go back there then we're going back to works of the law yeah. if we are going to but i want to love god with my actions i want yeah. to love people with my actions then we're not that then we're in works of faith and not in works of the law exactly and then when you read the the epistles the letters of paul of the other apostles the other writers of the new testament you see that Many times, especially towards the, the second half or the last part of the letter, there's so many exhortations. Do this, do this, make sure you do that, make sure you do that. It's filled with do this, do this, mm. do this. And that's not opposed to their faith. They're not saying somehow that uh, faith isn't necessary. Or, um, it's simply because you have faith, this is how you ought to live. Yeah. To glorify Jesus, to bring people to God. These things are not opposed to each other. So it doesn't have to be, it isn't complicated mm -hmm. at all, actually. But some people have just gone quite to an extreme with this, being so afraid that they would go back to works of the law, that they would somehow be guilty of what Paul is speaking of, that they threw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. And didn't want to show their faith through their actions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So Dallas Willard, a famous author, summarized it really well. He said, grace 
is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Mm. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Okay, so effort is not a... Effort is a good thing. Mm. It's expected yeah. in the New Testament. Uh, it's expected in the Christian life. Yeah. Earning is not. We cannot earn our salvation, but we need to work out our salvation. Yeah, and that I think leads us to the last aspect, this working out our salvation, to run the race with exactly. endurance. So endurance, faith is continual. Faith in Jesus is not just a one-off event. It is something that goes on. It's not, oh, once upon a time, I think I believed in Jesus. Once upon a time, I raised my hand, I signed a card, whatever. In the New Testament, faith is a continual walk with Jesus. The first disciples, before they were called Christians, and before there was a word like Christianity, they spoke of the way, the way of salvation, the road of salvation. It's, it's like the disciples who walked behind Jesus, the walk of faith. So we need to go on, go on. The New Testament authors regularly encourage and exhort the people, go on in faithfulness, continue, don't give up what you have. And I think you, you already said the word faithfulness there, right? Where, yeah. where it, I mean, I don't speak biblical Greek, but <laughs> I have people who tell me that, who speak biblical Greek, that faith and faithfulness is actually the same word in yeah. the New Testament, yeah. right? And so, it's, so then it doesn't make sense. You you would not oh, have have a moment of faithfulness once yeah. in your life, and then that's enough yeah. to, to live a life of faithfulness. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To have faith in Jesus is to live faithfully for Him. Mm. To continue faithfully in that walk of faith. It's it just simply goes together. There is no you cannot separate it in their thinking. So we have historical faith, personal faith, verbal, verbal faith. faith, practical faith, yep. and continual faith. Exactly. And those five aspects must must all be there in in our faith. Yeah. None should be overemphasized. None should be just thrown out. Exactly. I think it's, as you mentioned, that you counted on your fingers, and that's exactly what they are. You cannot separate the one from the rest. Mm. There are five aspects, but of the same, the same hand, the same concept, the same faith. Mm. Yeah. So especially thinking of that last point to, to keep faithful, to have enduring faith, maybe just to, to close us off for today. What are some ways in which we can grow mm. in our faith? As we've also seen, faith is not a, a stagnant thing, not a static thing. It's relational. It's um, expressive. It's action. Yes. How, how do we grow? Well, to grow in the historical faith, I think that's one of the easier ones to understand. It's like me, I spent two years of my life reading so much apologetics books and websites and reading up about the histo history of Jesus. Maybe you're not 
too concerned about that. Maybe you'll mind things quite differently. But it's read about the history of Jesus and the facts of the history of Jesus. Read the Gospels. Um, read other parts. It's a lot of reading because mm. it's in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but I think also when, when we read the Bible, to actually read it as history. Read it as mm. history. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can grow. Learn more about the historical facts of the life of Jesus. In personal way, to grow in that, take Jesus at his, at his word. Let your knowledge about him transform your heart. Mm. Take risks based on your faith. Your faith is like a muscle that grows when you exercise it, when you test it. Uh, so that's how it grows when you, when you step out in the faith that you have. So, yeah, don't look at other people's mm. faith except to say, yeah, that's where I want to be. Mm. But don't compare yourself saying, Jesus, I have faith in you, of course, but I believe you can do this. I believe mm. you can do that. I'm going to do something to put myself out there, mm. so to speak. Uh, please come through for me. Um, of course, for his glory. Mm -hmm. Verbal, again, an easier one to understand. It's about expressing our faith, sharing our testimony, sharing the gospel with others, uh, sharing when we've taken actions of faith, what has happened. And of course, the other verbal part of speaking to Jesus. Give him your doubts as well as your successes. When you say, Jesus, I, I don't know what to do with this. I have... I'm struggling with, with believing that you can do the following. Don't just, yeah, don't feel guilty about it. Talk to him about it. Okay, give it to him, and work it out with him. Yeah, and often we feel like, but I I cannot share my faith, or I cannot speak about my faith if maybe I actually have some doubts, or actually I'm I'm not where I want to be in my relationship with Jesus, but. Both of us have experienced that sharing the gospel, for example, with other people, sharing about Jesus's faithfulness in our lives has strengthened our faith. Yeah. So really, it is, um, it is faith to speak about Jesus, but it also grows your faith exactly. to speak about Jesus. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And all of these are like that. Mm -hmm. The more we do it, the more it grows in us, but also is a testimony for people around us. And so with practical, I've already touched on this before, but that we, that you really step out in faith, like Peter did stepping out on the water. And it's a crazy, it was a crazy thing for him to do, but Jesus honored him in doing that. So do something crazy for Jesus. Of course, something that you think he would approve of. Mm, yeah, and um, I think that's also what we've already been speaking about when we speak about Discovery Bible Study, for example. It's exactly that, to act upon yes. the reality and the truth of Jesus, of the Bible. Exactly. And, yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned crazy thing, uh, do something crazy for Jesus to, to grow your faith. It's also about the, the daily small things where it's really practical in that one thing that you like, Jesus, in this small thing, mm. 
help me to have faith that my child will be better behaved if I do this or if I do that. Or Actually, we were just, you told me at dinner, actually, about what, what happened yesterday, which is one of, one, of, <laughs> one of those small things. Because yeah. I, I think, again, we can, we can become a bit obsessed ah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, let me do something big and crazy about Jesus and become actually self-focused in that. But yes. it it starts and it is rooted in those in that daily trust in Jesus yeah. in involving Jesus in our daily lives. Exactly. I was looking for something on the internet, and I'd been on this side and that side. Every time something just looks right, yeah, this this could be it. This could be it. And then there's some catch. There's some term and condition. There's some whatever. And I'm like, ah, it just what was sort of nice. At, at the beginning, after 20 minutes, I just felt frustrated. And I thought, here I'm getting into some rut. So I got up actually to get some water. And as I was walking, clearing my head, I said, Jesus, giving this to you. Please direct me that I would find the right thing. And getting back to my computer, I tried something quite different. The first thing I clicked was perfect. And so I got it done quickly and with such joy. And I thought... Jesus, you are amazing. And next time, why I won't take 20 minutes before I I turn to you, so to speak. So yeah, yeah. so that's how faith is also practical in those small everyday things. Exactly. Then continual. I want to encourage you listening. Never be content with where your faith is, because your faith is either growing or it's it's not really stagnant. It, it's mm. it's going down. It's You're going up or you're going down. Go up, continue growing, going on. Sometimes there are desert periods where it feels like our faith is not going anywhere or we're not hearing from God, whatever. Push on, continue, continue in faithfulness. Continue doing the things that Jesus asks of you to do. Don't yield to sin. Do the acts of faith in your life that come up every day. Just as Jesus says to one of the churches in, in Revelation, also where he says you lost your first love, but then what is the remedy for that? Do the things that you did at first. Do the things you Continue doing the things that you did at first. Persevere to the end when we might, may obtain the crown of life from Jesus. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you very much for a long but really helpful time together and talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.